for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. How to pray when life is hard. And um, joining me to speak on this is my wife. Yeah? I've known this woman for about 30 years. And 22 out of the 30, we've been married. For about five of those 30 years, we were in courtship. And the other two or three, I think, were just friends at that time. So she'll be, she'll be, she'll be talking to me, I mean, with me on this topic. Now, um, I'm not sure if you've heard about this story um, of these people that went to pray in a church. There was this guy who has gone to the church to pray. He was just kneeling down in front of the, of the pulpit and was praying, telling God about his business that is about to collapse. And God, do something. Otherwise, the creditors will come in. They will take the business off me. I have to fire all the staff I've got. Now, around the time when he was praying, another guy came who was just um, another chap, walked in to pray to talk to God about his own needs. And the guy said, look, God, I need these 500 pounds to pay my rent. Otherwise, my wife and kids will be out of the door the next day when the landlord turns up. But the second guy was so, was so loud with his prayer. He was like, God, do something. The landlord is on his way. And he was so loud and so much so that the other guy could not really articulate himself properly to be able to get his needs before God. Then this first guy thought, what should I do? So he stood up and tapped the other chap on the shoulder. You said it's 500 pounds. He said, yes, that is it. Can you go? Let me have time to talk to God. You know? So, so, so now the, the, the moral of the story is this. There is no need... Um, there is no challenge or difficulty that is bigger from one person to the other. One is not bigger than this. My, my, my problem is bigger than yours. It's just the way we perceive the problem. To me, my problem is bigger than yours. To you, your problem is bigger than mine. It's just our perception, isn't it? So when we're talking about hardship, I want us to kind of disabuse our mind about the fact that um, um, I'm going through this hard time that is more than that other person. You know, a third party can look at, may look at it and say, yeah, that guy is in a deeper problem than that guy. But to individuals, it's just another phase in life that I don't want. And that's, that's the first thing. And uh, if you just turn to the person beside you and t- tell them that tough times don't last, Tell them, talk to them. Tell them, tough. Let's start again. Let's tell them, tough times don't last. Yeah? Tough people do. Yeah, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And um, we're going to start now. And Kenny, we'd like to pray. First start, yeah. Let's pray, please. Father, we thank you for today. We just commit this moment into your hands. 
Holy Spirit will ask you to take control. As we look into this subject, we just trust you that our life will be changed, yokes will be broken, and Lord will receive a new revelation in things we are going through in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Yep. So now um, I'm going to start, and I would like us to read from Psalms, um, Psalms 42 and 43. I think it should come up, but we won't be able to see it on the screen. Yes, so it's not legible. Now um, I think I've printed something to read here, if I can get to it. I'll just read Psalms 42, and I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, a white tail there drinks from the creek. I want to drink God. Deep drafts of God. I'm thirsty for God alive. I wonder, will I ever make it? Arrive and drink in God's presence. I'm on a diet of tears. Tears for breakfast. Tears for supper. All day long, people knock at my door, pestering. Where is this God of yours? These are the things I go over and over, emptying out my pocket, the pocket of my life. I was always at the head of the worshipping crowd, right out there in front, leading them all, eager to arrive on worship, shouting praises, singing, thanksgiving, celebrating all of us, God's face. Why are you down in the dump, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He put a smile on my face. He is my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I realize everything I know of you. From Jordan depth to Hermon Heights, including Mount Misa. Chaos calls to chaos. To the tunes of the white water rapids. Your breaking soft, your thundering breakers crash and crush me. Then God promises to love me all day. Sing songs all through the night. My life is God's prayer. Sometimes I ask God, my rock solid God, why did you let me down? Why am I walking around in tears? Harassed by enemies, they are out for the kill. These tormentors with their obscenities stunting day after day, where is this God of yours? Why are you down in the dump, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon, I'll be praising again. It puts a smile on my face. He is my God. And I'm reading Psalm 43 now. Clear my name, God. Stick up for me against these loveless, immoral people. Get me out of here, away from this lying degenerates. I counted on you, God. Why did you walk out on me? Why am I pacing the floor, wringing my hands over these outrageous people? Give me your lantern and compass. Give me a map so I can find my way to the sacred mountain, to the place of your presence, to enter the place of worship, meet my exuberant God, sing my thanks with a harp, magnificent God, my God, 
Why are you down in the dumb, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix, fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. Now, that is from the Psalms. And uh, from what I've read, we can see something very, very clearly. Is the cry of a man who, um, who, who, who has been removed from the outward ordinances. He's been removed from the worship of God. Is a, a cry of, you know, the, the way the, 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 the King James Version puts it from Psalms 42, it says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. We know that song. You know, it's like the deer coming out from, from the desert, now looking for where to drink. You know, so the cry of the heart of the writer is that of, is, 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 is that of, a, of a depression, a longing for renewal of his God. And some people said, I mean, from the commentaries, they reckon that this was written when David was running away from Absalom. Some of those people say it was written at the time where David was under the persecution, uh, was in, on, in persecution under Saul. But the fact is, it is, it is a recurrent um, uh, exchange between his senses and his faith. He's perceiving the problem. He's being crushed under the problem. And his senses is telling him, look, there's a problem for you here. But his faith is saying, look, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Trust God again. He will turn up for you. He will, he will come and do something in you. So the battle is always between our senses and, and, our, and, our, and our faith. Now, um, for some of us who are avid readers, you would have read about a guy called uh, Stephen Peters. He wrote a book called The Chains Paradox. You know? Now, The Chains Paradox, when I read it, my mind came straight to what the Bible says. Science is catching up with the Bible at last. You know, because The Chimp Paradox is talking about there's a chimp inside of us that wants to do something, stimulus and response. You know? Somebody says, you are stupid, and you want to go out and just show them what stupidity looks like. You know, so it is the chimp. And the guy was trying to say that, look, when the chimp starts talking, the voice of the chimp is very, very loud in your ears. So when the chimp starts talking, can you control the chimp? Can you just, this guy is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a psychologist. So can you control the chimp? Now, the same thing. Our senses perceive a problem in a way and react in a way. But if we allow faith to come through, then we see the perception of God, which is bigger than our own perception. And of course, um, when we talk about challenges and the problems, they range from small to big. They range for, for I mean, there could be varying types of, of challenges that we face. And I'll just ask Kenny to come and speak about that. Thank you. So taking off from there, it says, the challenges we face in life range from different levels. And what I've, what I've come to realize is that the way one perceives a challenge can affect the way we react to it. I am one of those people that see difficulties as challenges, which makes it sometimes, I find it difficult to see a lot of problems because 
Others say it is a problem, but I see it is okay, it's one of these challenges that come in life that I have to deal with. So my attitude towards it is a bit different. And I think that also helps us as we start looking at things that some people might see it as a very hard time. And if you see it as a very hard time, the way you're going to react is also totally different. But that doesn't mean that the effect on our life is different. Just make me use the first example. The simple example I wrote down for myself was that if five pounds is all I have and I lose that five pounds, if five thousand pounds is all you have and you lose that five thousand pounds, it's going to have the same effect on us. But anyone looking at it from the outside will say, oh, it's just five pounds. How do you compare that to five thousand? But you didn't, you are taking the people out of the context of what is happening. But when you put people and every other thing in, you can see, okay, actually, this might mean so much to, this, to everybody. And why do I bring this in? To show us that we cannot be lead to whatsoever any other person is going through. And also, we can also turn it the other way around. When we tell people, you don't know what I'm going through, that is why you're saying that. Because they are not, which is true, they're not exactly in your shoe, and they don't really know. But one thing I learned as I'm growing up as a Christian, that before our problem, God existed and he has given a solution. And after our problem, it continued to exist and it never changes. So is the constant thing. So when God says, do not, return, do not take vengeance because of that, it's not because somebody just offended you. That has existed before that situation. And it will continue to exist after that situation. And that helps us to put things in perspective. So, what are the various areas that we face these challenges? Area of our health. Sometimes, some people have a lot of challenges in their head. It can be physical, mental, emotional. This week, maybe we have to prepare this. This week, I've been challenges on the health in my house. My daughter led worship last week, and she got back home and she said, oh, my throat. I said, oh, because you sang. Since Monday, I had to go and pick her from school. She's not been to school throughout this week. Wednesday, mine started. I, had, I didn't go to work on Friday. So it's like, I just say, okay then. God, you're on the throne. But it can come. Some people, it's emotional. Some people, it's uh, mental. Finances and jobs. Some people, it might be in their finances. It might be in the job they have or things that they're doing. Some people, it's relationship. Marriages, family, children, friends. And... For us all in our Christian work, because we are called to be different. The Bible says he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He said he has called us and set us apart. And Jesus Christ told his disciples, in this world you will have many troubles. He said, but rejoice for I have overcome the world. And he says in, in, in John 16, 33, Jesus said, on the heart you will have many trials and sorrow, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And in Matthew 10, 12, and Mark 13, 13, it says you will be hated because of my name. And we can see that in our environment, a lot of hostility is, up, is coming on towards Christianity. We, we've seen it, we've read it in books, but now we are living with it because I think in the Western world for a while, it, we've been shielded. We've only read the story that, oh, people are sacked because they are Christian, but it's happening at our doors. But that's part of what we sign for when we become a Christian. And why do we have these challenges? 
Those are the few things. Sometimes we have these challenges because it's just challenges in life. I will use my life as an example. I, my parents, my dad, my father died when I was three. I was in a, live in a country whereby there's no social care, so my mom has to care for four children and she has no job because my father asked her to stay at home. So she, now we are all trying to challenge in our life that we didn't bargain for, but we have to live through it. So it's not because of my doing, or some people are born in the war zone today. They didn't choose to be born there. That's just what life has thrown at them. So sometimes it's just because things happen in our lives or things happen around and we are faced with it. The other reason sometimes we face difficult or hard times might be because of the decisions we have made or other people have made. Decisions can be either positive or negative. But one thing is that in all this decision, God is still with us. I'll use two people as an example from the Bible. Joseph made a good decision in his life. He said, I will not sleep with my, uh, my master's wife. That landed him in a prison. David made a stupid decision in his life to decide to take the wife of his servant and killed his servant. And God told him, war will not depart from your household. And war never departed from their household. But in all these, both knew God, they repented, and God was with them through those situations. And sometimes things will come because people have made decisions. Now we're in the situation of Brexit. Some of us voted for it, some didn't vote for it. But we all are going to face the consequence of whatsoever comes out of it. So the other t reason sometimes we go through difficulties is because of the attack of the devil. The Bible says we have an arch enemy. We are living in the world. Everybody thinks everything is just physical. Everything is not physical. We have a spiritual connotation. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, Bible says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a rowling lion looking for someone to devour. So we have an hack enemy there. The devil doesn't want us to finish this race. He doesn't want us to have it. So he's fighting everything he can do. The other reason sometimes is because we live in a broken world. We are living in an imperfect world. There are disasters that happen in different places, things that happen that is beyond us. And sometimes God also allows some things to come into our life. And he will, not, he will intentionally not stop it. And what I want to ask us is, are we going through difficulties or are we growing through difficulties? You can go through it, but the intention of God is for us to grow, that you come out at the elder hand of it a better person. And then when we go with this attitude and we see it that way, I have had diff different challenges in my life, in my marriage with my children, but I've held on to God and I've seen God change me as a person that when I look at where I am today, it's like God, it's a hard lesson, but I thank you because my life has been transformed. And, but in all these difficulties, what I want us to know is that we have an assurance that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. The two examples we use, Joseph and David. David was called a man after the heart of God. And we knew that God was with him. God gave the reign or the rule of Israel to his lineage. He says, your children will be upon the kingdom. That shows that even if we have made wrong choices, 
and you think, yes, where I find myself today is as a result of my mistake, God is still saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and it will take us through. And sometimes it might be a very long journey. It might be a long journey. Yes, it might be a long journey. And um, one thing that is sure about long journeys is... um, You can make it exciting or make it very difficult. You know, like Kenny said, in this world we're going to have tribulations. But the Bible says we should be of good shares because he has overcome the world. You know, when you're going on a long journey um, with challenges, it's very important who you go with. You know, um, in the choice of friends, at times these difficulties, that some, there are some difficulties that you can't even speak to your friend about it. There, in some cases, yeah, you can pray a prayer of agreement with your friends. In some cases, you can, you can, you can turn, run to the church and ask for, for people to pray with you, for people to join you in, in those things. And all of that helps our, our confidence. That helps our, our day-to-day living. But there are some occasions that you can't even tell anybody. You can't even expose it to anybody. I'll give you an example from the Bible. In First Samuel, the Bible says, There was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim, of the ill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zoph, and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of the first one was Anna, and the other... Penina. And uh, Penina had children, but Anna had no children. And this man went up out of the city from year to year to worship and sacrifice unto Jehovah of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, the prophet, often and finance priests unto Jehovah were there. But one particular year, when they went up there, Things changed. In verse 6 it says, um, um, but unto Anna, um, let me start from 4. And when the day came to Elkanah's sacrifice, he gave Penina his wife, and to all her sons and daughters portions. But unto Anna, he gave a double portion, for he loved Anna. But Jehovah has shut the womb of Anna. And her rival, that's the second wife, Penina, provoked her soul to make her fret because Jehovah has shut her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of Jehovah, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. And Ekana, her husband, said unto her, Anna, why do you weep? Why are you not eating? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Now, obviously, Elkanah do not understand what this woman is going through. Am I not better than you than ten sons? No, it's not about you. I got you already. What I don't have are the ten sons. Now, so Anna rose up early after they had eaten and they had had drinks. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting upon the seat by the doorpost to the temple of God. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto God, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O God, if you will give me this son, 
I will dedicate him to you, this man child. And it came to pass in verse 12, as she continued praying before God, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Anna, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunken. I tell you, when you're going through situations, people will misunderstand you, even the prophet, even the house of God. Eli misunderstood the woman and thought she was drunk. And asked her, won't you quit drinking? Even in the house of God, shame to you. You've been drinking. And the woman said something. Look, I've not been drunk. No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor any strong drink. But I poured out my soul before God. Now, that is the journey of Anna. Because she does not have a child. The Bible says the other woman will taunt her. Psalm 42. That's the same experience there. Now, when we go through this long road, I always remember that the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how long you've been going through it. Will you believe God? Will you stand with God? As you go through, are you going through with God? That is the judgment you need to make when the problem comes. With my wife, we do that all the time. We have a challenge. We sit down. What is happening here? So that we plan ahead. And as Christians, we must plan ahead. Because the Bible tells us tribulation will come. It's not if it comes, it will come, it says. But when it comes, how do we react? That long night, how do you want to go with that long night? I'd rather choose to go with God. Pouring my heart out to God every time. I had an experience uh, before we got married. With my exams. That was, that was the early stage of my career. And... Um, Things were looking very well. I was seen as a brilliant chap. I was passing the exams. Then suddenly, I got to the final stage, and I wouldn't pass again. The last paper, I wouldn't pass. And uh, that one single paper, I wrote it for four years. Writing two exams per year for four years, the same paper. My wife told me at that time that, look, we keep praying, that's all we can do. But you will only fail when you stop. You will only fail when you stop. Then I knew I was working with God. I would do everything I need to do. I would go check my results on the wall. There's only one place my name should come out from the qualified list. So I don't need to check everything. I just need to go and check the qualified list to see if I've chattered chattered or not. I'll check. My name is not there. What I do all the time is I run from there. I jog back home to go and bring out my book again. Because you only fail when you stop. The Bible says, knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. It didn't say, knock and stop. Then door will be opened. Until the door is opened, 
you don't stop knocking. Until the door is opened, you don't stop knocking. That is where faith comes in. Because I know if I keep knocking at this door, it will be open. Then I'll continue to knock at that door until the door is opened. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Keep knocking because God will turn up. Keep knocking because it will turn up. Then as you go through the problems, stick to God. Don't run ahead of him. The chimp is always stuck in there. Yes, he's there. Welcome the chimp. Thank you very much. Put the chimp under God also. And now keep working with God. It's not easy. It was never meant to be easy. It's not easy. But all we can do is to trust God. Is to pull back into God. Okay. So what do we know? What do we know? What do we know? We can only pray effectively if we have good understanding of who God is. Our God is a loving Father who loves us more than we love ourselves. He's not a wicked God who is out to destroy us. I think what we help us, because sometimes we can hold on and hold on wrongly, is to know the God we serve. To know what has he said concerning me. What has he said concerning this situation? In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says... For I know the thoughts, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to give you a future and a hope. In this journey, we have a head start because we have a great high priest, Jesus, who sympathizes with our weaknesses but was tempted in all points, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is Hebrews 11.4. It says we have a head start because we have a high priest. So we are going in the confidence of God. We are going because we know we have a God with the host of heaven backing us. So we ask ourselves, what did God say? What is my heart? Am I, am, is my heart here to truly obey God? And Christ said, uh, Paul was telling the Romans, he said, for I know this. This is one of my best verses in the Bible. And did, I'm sure the devil looks at me and says, Kenny, no matter what life throws at me, my scripture is always Romans 8.28. Bible says, all things will work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And the Bible says all things. And I tell the devil, good Bad, ugly, he said, all things. Do I love God? Yes, I love God. Am I called by God? The Bible says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I know I'm called by God. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, he has called us, he has called us by name. So I know I'm called by God. Am I loved by God? Do I want to obey him? That's the next thing to ask. Am I willing to obey God? Have I come to the point whereby my life does not matter? It's all about Jesus. Because sometimes that helps us to put it in perspective. Because you say, why me? Why not me? If it's all about Jesus, if he says this, we glorify his name. And the Bible says that if the devil has known, it will not have crucified the Son of God. And that, I say it's a lot to the devil. That this story, where you put me now in my life, when you see what God will turn out of me, you will say, if I know, why did you allow you to go through that? Because they thought they were crucifying Christ. 
but the devil never knew that they were fulfilling the purpose of God. That true is that all of us, Jesus was the only son, but now God has many sons. And that is it. And that is what, and things we go through, God will use it to shape others. And in all this, one thing we know, how do we now pray? We pray, when we go back to pray, we pray back the promises of God to him. What did God say? And there's nothing you're facing in life that you cannot find a scripture in the Bible to pack it up. If you are new in the faith, you can talk to some people that have been in this journey for a while because we are all not at the same spiritual level of maturity. But I can assure you, raise anything. There will be somebody here that will be able to give you a verse in the Bible that relates to that problem that we can take back to God. And also, we need to pray in the authority in the name of Jesus. That is the holy name. The Bible says the name of Jesus has been exalted above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every name must bow. And every tongue confess, do you believe it? Or do we just say it? We have to go in that authority, believing. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. That he that will come to God must know that he is. And it's a reward that he rewards those that diligently seek him. So we have to go in that authority. And that's why Jesus Christ was different to the Pharisees. They say he talks, he's a man with authority. He doesn't talk like, we don't beg. You won't see Prince Charles begging. He knows that he's going to be the heir to the throne. He knows. So we know we have a God with all authority in our, in our hands. And we go boldly with that. So we're not just, oh God, if you... No, we go in that authority. And I want us to know that that is how we pray. In difficult time, in easy time, we pray in the authority in the name of Jesus. So now we're... I'm just going to hand over to Leke now. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to look at the last slide, which is about um, what John Piper said um, about the battle between our feelings and God. He says, my feelings are not God. God is God. My feelings do not define truth. God's word defines truth. My feelings are echoes and responses to what my mind perceives. And sometimes, many times, my feelings are out of sync with the truth. When that happens, and it happens every day in some measure, I try not to bend the truth to justify my imperfect feelings, but rather I plead with God, purify my perception of your truth and transform my feelings so that they are in sync with the truth. The only truth is in God. The only truth is in the word of God. When Jesus saw Peter and they were fishing, what he said to him was funny. Jesus asked Peter, children, have you any mate? And the poor was, uh, Peter was like, um, we've been here all night. He ran through that story very well. We've been here all night and uh, we didn't catch any fish. And he said, can you put it to the right hand side? Definitely, Peter had put it there before several times through the night. But he said, well... Um, we've been there before, but at your word, and then he casted his net to the right-hand side. And the Bible says they caught so much that they needed help to be able to bring it in. So it may have been going on for so long, for so long, for so long. I tell you, there are things we can do. Get someone and do prayer of agreement together. Talk to somebody, your house fellowship leader, you know, your, your uh, care group, get somebody on board to help. 
you know, they may, they may bring a, a different perception to it, you know. And um, whatever you do, whatever you do, make sure you're going with God. That is the best way to go. That is how to live through our times. Whatever you do, make sure you're going through God. Amen.